0: Okay, we're going to read from Luke chapter 2. Thank you, Ruth. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognise him by the sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. The shepherds went back to their flocks glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. So to <laughs> to Rafe and Dan. And why do you keep that going? For Neve.
1: Right, can we just say like another thanks to those two? Because it's actually really scary being up here. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I've got one quick question. I'll try not to speak too long because I've got a bit of a sore throat. Why the shepherds? Shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> shepherds in that time were not doing so well. They, <laughs> they would be sent out of civilization into coal fields just to watch over some animals. So why choose them to show the Son of God to? The wise men are a bit more obvious. Kings with gifts that constantly worshipping. But shepherds, not farmers, they're servants. The truth is that none of that matters in the eyes of God. It doesn't matter who your parents are, what caste you're in, how you act on other people. Take Zacchaeus, for example. Jesus chose the least expected and deserving person because he knew that it would make the most change. It's no use teaching a teacher how to teach. They already know that. Ask my mum. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. It's the trainees who, ne- who need to be taught. it, yeah. And that explains the shepherds. They spent so much time out in those fields that they may not have been able to go to church on a Sunday. They may ne- have never heard someone preach the word of God. But God knew that if they truly saw Jesus, then they will actually truly believe and tell others what they saw. Great. You want
0: that? There you go. Thank you, Neve. Thank you, youth. Incredible. So where are we? Where are we? We're in Luke chapter 2. We're launching our Christmas theme on joy. So what better place to start than Jesus coming to earth? God in human form. Get your mind around that. So picture the scene. It's a cold, dark night. The shepherds are out in the middle of the wilderness. They're huddled around this campfire. They're having their usual shepherd banter. They've got dirt under the fingernails, They've got thick, greasy beards, so they've got tatty sandals and a pungent aroma of sheep poo. (laughs) These guys have got nothing to look forward to. No hope of advancement or moving up in life. They're isolated and they're cut off from the rest of society. Just night after night of sheep bleating and bad sheep jokes. Suddenly, it says, and I love it in the Bible when it says suddenly, because it means something really good is going to happen. Suddenly, their lonely worlds are turned upside down as they're interrupted by heaven. Heaven invades their simple little lives. It says the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Just the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Picture the scenes, guys. The dark skies are lit up with a vast army of angels. They're all singing, chanting and praising God. The lights, the colours, the sounds, the stars flying around everywhere. This is big stuff. This is out of this world stuff. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will be great joy to all people the angel says. The first word to describe the birth of Jesus is the word joy. In fact, not just joy, but great joy. Verse 11, the saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem. The son of God, the king of all kings, the great I am, the saviour of the world has just been born and these blokes are the first people on the planet to hear about it. So out of everyone on earth, the first people God chooses to reveal this incredible world-changing news to was a bunch of scruffy shepherds. Why, as Neve asks. He didn't choose the religious leaders, the political rulers, or the rich, the powerful. He chose these shepherds. They weren't important or well-respected. In fact, they were most likely looked down upon. So what was so special about these shepherds? Well, Scripture says that it was good news of great joy to all people. That means everyone. And God chooses the shepherds to emphasize that the good news was for everyone, for all people. This great joy is for everyone, not some people, not a select few, not just the elite. There's no benchmark you need to meet. It's joy for all people. Let's take a, a closer look at these shepherds. So what, what did the shepherd do? Well, their job was to care for their sheep. Their sole purpose in life was to keep their flock together, to protect it from predators and to guide it from place to place in order to provide fresh pastures for the sheep to feed on. Did you catch that? To care for, to keep, To protect, to guide, to provide, and to feed. Does this sound like anybody familiar to you? The term shepherd is used throughout the Bible as a metaphor for God. Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We don't want or need anything because he provides. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. God is the shepherd and we are his flock. Interestingly, the Latin word for shepherd is pastor. What is the role of a pastor? To lead and to guide their flock or the church and to feed them, not grass, But the word of God. It'd be a bit weird if Wayne stood up here on a Sunday and started feeding us grass. (laughs) Not that type of grass. (laughs) Stop it. But the word of God. Verse 20 says, The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Now this is significant. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. So for them to return to their flocks means that they must have to have left them. They must have left them in the first place. Verse 16 says, they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. They hurried there. They'd literally dropped everything. They'd left their responsibilities behind and they'd hurried to the village. They'd sacrificed their jobs. They were prepared to put their lives on hold to go after this great joy which they'd been told about. If we want to find great joy in our lives, can I suggest that we have to be prepared to surrender ourselves to discover Christ? That might mean putting some things down. We might have to leave some stuff behind in the past. We might have to let go of something to discover this great joy. Verse 17 says, After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened. They shared the good news with everybody. All people. How could they not? How could they not share this incredible world-changing news with everyone they met? They were so excited and so amazed that they couldn't help but shout about it. They didn't worry what people thought of them. They weren't worried whether they might lose a few followers on Instagram. They didn't let their circumstances stop them from sharing the good news. So, we're told about this good news. We're told it's going to bring great joy to all people. Jesus has come so that we can have great joy in our lives. We get it. But what exactly does... That looked like... Oh, that sounded nice. (laughs) Any boxing fans in? Yes, boxing fans. Rocky Balboa once said, the world... No, I'm not going to try the uh, the accent. (laughs) It's not going to (laughs) happen. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. (laughs) Okay. It's a very mean and nasty place. It's not all sunshine and rainbows was that a bad Rocky Balboa? It's kind of like a New York, isn't it? It's like a, is it? No? Wrong film. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place. It's a very mean and nasty place. I don't care how tough you are, he says. It will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You mean nobody's going to hit as hard as life does. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. (laughs) Rocky was right, you know. The world isn't all sunshine and rainbows. Even with Jesus in our corner, life can be tough. Amen? Who knows that? Probably everyone in this room. Life can be tough. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. Sometimes we can feel like life is actually beating us up. The truth is, God never said that we wouldn't face trials. Nowhere, I can't find it, in this book, does it say that we're not going to face trials. It doesn't say anywhere in the Bible anything about life being anything to do with sunshine and rainbows. But we have been promised great joy. The joy we've been promised isn't dependent upon earthly situation or circumstances. You with it? It isn't dependent upon your income bracket, your relationship status or where you live geographically. This joy is based on who Jesus is. This joy is based on what we know he has done in the past and what he has promised us for the future. You won't find joy in supporting your favourite football team, especially if you're a United fan. You won't find joy in listening to your favourite Justin Bieber album. (laughs) Who? You won't find joy in those things. They might make you happy. They might make you feel good for a moment. They might bring you happiness for a while. But it's not the great joy that we're talking about today. Happiness is a feeling based on circumstance. It's triggered by other people, things, places, thoughts or events. Happiness comes and goes. Happiness is an emotional response to an outcome. If I win, I'll be happy. If I don't, I won't. We can't sustain happiness because We immediately raise it every time we attain it. We're always clambering after more happiness. Joy, on the other hand, is a different thing. Joy is not a response. It's a constant. Joy is fixed. Joy is immovable. Joy comes from within. Joy comes from a deeper place. It's found internally, not externally. Joy comes from having a fixed perspective on who Jesus is. Happiness is situational and it's changeable like the weather but joy is constant and unchanging and our god is unchanging in a changing world happiness is the fruit of our salvation fruit of the situation sorry happiness is the fruit of our situation but joy is the fruit of the spirit so as christians hands up all the christians Having invited Jesus into our lives, we've got the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We read in Galatians 5.22, the fruits of the Holy Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We've got them inside of us because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We've been given access to all of these things. God has given us access all areas. We've been given backstage passes to the joy fest. Better than that, we're on the VIP list. But it's up to us to access our joy. Don't you know that you can be on the guest list with the VIP tickets and the backstage passes and still not turn up to the pie? We've been given this gift of joy. But it's our choice. To accept that gift. That gift. That gift. So for an illustration, I'd like to invite somebody up. These lights are awesome today, by the way, aren't they? They're blinding me, but they're great. (laughs) So we've been given this gift of joy. But it's our choice to accept that gift. It's like a mirror ball. It's great. So, uh, come on then, Saul, the ant to my deck. Give him a hand. Saul, I would like to give you this gift. Wait for it. (laughs) Would you like to accept this gift? I would. You would. Okay. So... If I was to offer Saul this gift and he was to say, nah, I'm all right, thanks. Is that that likely to happen? Would you, if if somebody offered you a a free gift, would you say, thanks, but no thanks? (coughs) No? Or would you take it and say, thank you so much for that, wait for it. (laughs) Thank you so much for that gift. I accept so Saul, would you like a gift? Well, thank you. There you go. Thanks. He's accepted the gift. Do you want to unwrap it yeah, in front of us? What could be inside? What could be inside? This is exciting. It's Christmas. <laughs> thank you. It's a box. What's in the box? Joy. Spoiler alert, it's joy. <laughs> but there's also some chocolates in there. Take a seat, Saul. Share, all right. (laughs) It's for us to unwrap the gift that we've been given, to accept the gift and to access the gift. Does this make sense? To accept and to access. In fact, we're commanded to make use of our joy. Philippians 4, verse 4. Paul instructs us rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again rejoice. He even reiterates it. He repeats himself just to emphasize what he's trying to tell you. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. How many times do you need to be told? It's a command. It's a duty of ours to unlock our joy. It's an instruction to tap into what God has put inside of us. Paul actually wrote that instruction whilst sat in prison. Imagine that. And prison back then wasn't like it is today. You don't get Xboxes. Prison was life or death. Your feet were getting chewed by rats. It was dire straits. And Paul is telling us to rejoice. But Josh, what about all this stress and anxiety and worry and fear? I'm dealing with? What about all this depression in my life? Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Then it goes on to say, Then the God of peace will be with you. Fix your thoughts. Another translation means to continually focus your mind. In the chaos of our circumstances, we are called to continually focus our minds on Jesus. In the midst of our stress and our worries, we are to continually focus on the joy that he has given us. Jesus was born, lived and died so that we could have that joy. Hebrews 12 verse 2 Again, tells us to fix our eyes this time on Jesus. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne. Another instruction. So we're told to fix our thoughts and to fix our eyes. And to fix something in place means to secure it. So it is immovable. To fix something in place so it's immovable. Another use of the word fix means to repair. And to repair something means that it must have been broken or defective in the first place. So are our eyes fixed on God? Are we looking towards him? Are we looking heavenward? Are we looking vertically Or horizontally are we looking at what she's doing what he's doing am i checking to see who's watching me am i comparing myself to everyone on social media american president theodore roosevelt said comparison is the thief of joy but we're not trying to win the approval of people We're trying to win the approval of God because if pleasing people were our goal, we would not be Christ's servants. Galatians 1 verse 10. So position your vision. Are you focused on your circumstance and your situation or your saviour? Circumstance and situation or saviour? Psalm 121. David writes, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He lifts his eyes. He physically lifts his eyes. It's an action. We sang a new song today. Our amazing worship band. And the song was called Yes I Will by Vertical Worship. Literally means to worship vertically. Oh, yeah. Put a lot of time into that one. (laughs) The lyrics were I choose to praise. I count on one thing the same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now. In the waiting, the same God who's never late. He's working all things out. You're working all things out. Oh, yes, I will lift you high. In the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will. Sing for, sing for, sing for joy when my heart is heavy. All my days, oh, yes, I will. And it reminds me of Paul and Silas in prison in Acts 16. So if you've got your Bibles, if not, just listen, it's all good. Acts 16, verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. The other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there's that word again, suddenly, that means something good's about to happen. You should really try one of these. Pretty good. Some great stories in here. Suddenly, suddenly, Something good's about to happen. There was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Just picture them in prison. I can imagine them singing, I choose to praise, to glorify. Oh yes, I will. I can imagine them singing, I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. I can imagine him singing, "I'm gonna see a victory." Are we looking up to him? Are we stretching out our hands to our Creator, or are we looking down at our chains? Are we looking around our prison cell? Are we looking at the prison doors of our life and wondering how we're going to escape? But as we learned earlier, all things are possible with God. Psalm 30 says, Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. The night's not going to last forever. The darkness won't last forever. The stress, the worry, the fear won't last forever. Because joy comes with the morning. And we've been given that joy. We've got it inside of us. Sometimes when you're in that pit of depression that pit of anxiety, it can feel impossible to choose joy. But beneath all those situational problems, those earthly circumstances, worries and fears, lies a supernatural joy. Guys, we've got the Holy Spirit inside of us. We've got the Holy Spirit inside of us. That comes with joy as well as the other fruits. It's ours. We own it. We possess it when we choose to reach into the depths of our souls and pull out that joy, powerful things can happen. But I can't do it for you. God can't do it for you. He's given you the gift. Choose to accept and to access that gift. To accept and to access that gift and to utilize it. When you choose joy, prison walls come falling down. Come on. When you choose to sing in the middle of the storm, Jesus comes to your rescue. Good one earlier, Tom. They're crossing this river. The waves are huge. The wind is blowing. They're they're afraid. Jesus, what's he doing? He's asleep. He's got this. He's not worried. He's asleep. And he wakes up and he says, what's all the worry about, guys? I'm here. The joy of the Lord is your strength. It says in Nehemiah 8, verse 10. Joy is also a weapon. See, the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy, but he can't take your joy It's yours, that. And God wants to give us life and life to the full. And if God is for us, who can be against us? So choose to accept and to access your joy. Relationship problems, joy. Lost my job. Joy. Family issues, joy. Being bullied at school. Joy. So let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Immovable. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne. The cross wasn't pleasant for Jesus. It wasn't a pleasant experience. He was God, but he was man. He was a living, breathing human being. He felt pain like the rest of us. It was not a pleasant experience having nails put through your hands and your wrists and your feet. Paul being thrown in prison was not a pleasant experience. Having rats chewing at your feet, dying of hunger. Not pleasant experiences, but for the joy set before him, he chose to worship Your circumstance or your situation may not be pleasant, may not be in a pleasant experience right now, but Jesus came to bring great joy to all people, even the shepherds. So fix your thoughts and fix your eyes on him, looking vertically and not horizontally, and choose to accept and access the gift of joy that he has given to you. Amen?